As a driven dentist, you see the world differently. Where some see scarcity, you see abundance. When others want to give up, you keep going. You're building an amazing life of significance. That means you can't rely on ordinary advice from ordinary advisors to get to your goals. You want advice that's going to help maximize your net worth so you can take even better care of the people you love, the causes you care about, and make your dent in the universe. But the fact is, this advice remains hidden because relatively few professionals are well-versed in them, and the extremely affluent don't care to let you know about them. Join us as we pull back the curtain to reveal the often hidden advice and strategies used by today's most successful individuals and families. Welcome to Dental Wealth Nation. Here's your host, Tim McNeely. Hey, welcome everyone. I am so excited to have you here today. And I'm excited because we're going to be talking about something that may sound a little counterintuitive to you. By the time we finish today, you're going to know how slowing down, that's right, you heard me correctly, how slowing down can actually help you speed up. And it can really help you build an even more successful practice. You're going to have a new understanding of why being a leader in your practice matters. And you're going to have some tools, not just for yourself, but also for your team so you can make them better leaders as too. But most importantly of all, you're going to feel excited to go back to your office and do the dentistry that you love doing. And, and when it comes to doing dentistry that, that you love doing, I don't know of anyone better than Ella Molakandava. And Ella is the founder of Converge Dental, and she's going to be sharing with you how you can get back in your office, inspire your team, be an even better leader, and really do more of the dentistry that you love. Ella, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. What an introduction. I'm excited to be here with you. Oh, me too. And I and, and what an important topic for us to, to talk about today, because I know as I talk to a lot of doctors, they're kind of burnt out. A lot of them are tired. There's, there's plenty of them that are excited too, but there are some who are just thinking, man, I want to get back to doing more of the dentistry I love doing. And so give me a little bit about your background and your journey into dentistry. So I am a dental hygienist and I've been in hygiene or in dentistry for 20 some years. And I love the profession. I love science. I love helping people. And what a way to put those two things together. So, but as I've been uh, in the hygiene world and helping doctors thrive and build their practices together, this is where we've noticed that there's a lot of disconnect and a lot of things in the practice that's happening that causes the burden on the doctor and burnt out of team members and the doctor. And so this is where Converge Dental was born. We want to uh, simplify and streamline the practice operations so the doctors are no longer burdened with how to manage and lead the team, how to create a thriving practice, and they can focus on creating that thriving practice by doing the dentistry they love. Hmm. Now, you mentioned kind of the systems and the processes and, and helping doctors with that. What are, right, aside from those systems, are there other key strategies for really growing a, a dental practice organically? Definitely. Today and always, but in particular today in this world, customer experience is the key to success. What differentiates your practice from next door or any other practices is the 
the customer experience that you and your team deliver on a consistent basis. You can have all the technology that you want. You can spend as much money as you want on marketing. But if your customer experience management is not there and the team does not know how to successfully um, interact with your patients, all of that goes out the window, and then you're going to be in square one one more time thinking, where did I go wrong and why am I not growing my practice to the fullest potential that it can grow? Wow. So so customer experience, where does that patient experience start nowadays? To be honest with you, everything starts with online and research. Customers today are very smart. They, the first place they go to is they go on your website. They, do re, they look at reviews. They want to make sure that the choices they make are the best ones for themselves. They look at how the experiences were for other patients uh, in your practice. What in particular did the patients enjoy in your practice? And that will connect them to their core values of what type of a practice they're looking for. For example, we we had patients that come to my practice, for example, and say, I love the fact that you're a women-owned practice. It was a, den a dentist was a woman and everybody else in the practice was a woman. So that was a personal preference. Other times the uh, patients would come in and say, I love the reviews I read and that's why I'm here because customers always say that the experience here is the best that they have received anywhere that they've been at, uh, in, a, uh, in any practice they've been before. So we got to make sure that number one, your online presence is, is there. Make sure that the website is current and it's modern and it relays the information of your vision for the practice and how you advocate for the patients you take care of, take, take care of. Okay. Well now, and as you talk about that, right, something struck me, right? You can have a great looking website. It can be modern. It can be friendly. You can work with all the best marketing companies out there, right? Like, like you can have all that stuff really dialed in, but if you don't have the reviews and you don't have the patient testimonials, those you can't necessarily just pull out of thin air. Th those are legitimate patient experiences. And so, so how do you build a practice where you do have those raving fans and the patients who, who want to leave reviews and share their experience? How do you build that into a practice? So, as I mentioned before, customer experience is everything. It is very important to make sure that, that as a team, everybody understands what a patient life cycle is. A patient life cycle is, when the, is how the patient comes through your practice. From that initial point of interaction, the website, and then the phone call to the practice, and to creating those lifelong customers or patients, we call them brand ambassadors, those patients that will go out there and they will talk about the, the experiences and invite all of their friends and families to your practice to organically grow your practice. So understand, making sure that every team member understands the patient life cycle. We, for example, have um, our model practice. We offer, and the, with the dentists we work with, the model practice allows the doctors to and the team to understand what are the five key touch points of patient life cycle. And then how do you optimize every interaction that you have with the patient and every team member knows what the success with patient interaction looks like? 
How do you measure it? How do you, uh, how does that process look like? And when do they know what, what success is? So okay. when you have those patients uh, toward, uh, to retain the patients, when they come up to the front and seeing the receptionist uh, before they leave the appointment, that's a perfect opportunity where they can always ask for a patient to write a review perfect opportunity for them to ask for a referral to see patients just like them in their practice. So there's strategies that a team can employ to make sure that they are um, sculpting this experience for the patients. Okay. And I just put a copy down below. So if you're listening and, and, and you want to grab a copy of that model practice, you can click right below and, and get a copy and, and follow along with us. And, and Ella, as I look at this, right, I, I see some of the different practice models that are out there, right? You call it the practice maturity model. And that first practice is chaos. Tell me a little bit about a, a practice in chaos. That, unfortunately, is what we see a lot of. <laughs> practicing, practicing chaos is when the doctor initially is so excited. They are excited that they're out of school. They're excited to start the practice and do the dentistry that they love doing. And they, they uh, employ people. They get the team together. But unfortunately, that's the practice that does not have specific vision that the whole team is working towards. That's the practice that they do not have systems and processes in place to streamline day-to-day -day operations. To, and this is the practice where the doctor has to micromanage every team member. And at the end of the day, not just the team members, but that's the practice where the doctor says, I don't know if I can do another day of the same thing. So, so that really is the doctor who's in the practice, but not necessarily doing the dentistry they love because there is so much chaos around them. Exactly. The focus, we want to for the doctors to focus on what they love doing. We want the team members to thrive in the positions that they're in. And that's the reason why they want to do what they want to do. But you have to create that right environment to make sure that everybody is successful in their um, role in their area of expertise. So the question is, how do you implement? How do you make that happen? Well, I, so, I, I would love to know how, right? <laughs> how do you start moving from chaos to the next level, which is improving, right? How do we start getting an improving practice? So for the for the audience that are listening right now, I just want to explain because you are seeing the model practice, the maturity model in front of you. The maturity model, think of it as stair steps. You have one uh, one through four. The chaos is what we just described. So we identify, we sit down with doctors and identify what is the health of the practice right now, what's implemented and what's not. So once we identify where the practice is at level one chaos or level two slightly improved, and how then do we get those practices to elevate to the next level of maturity? And we found that when you break down uh, the steps of transformation into little bits, it is much more comprehensive Comprehensive for the doctor and the team to say, yes, this is doable. We can totally manage this. So the first step is once we, if, for example, the practice is in chaos, let's find out and implement what processes are already in place. And if they are the best practices or processes that should be there. And, and uh, then to elevate the practice to the next level, we implement our model practice. The model practice is think of it as a business in the box where we have industry proven best practices that
that are predefined. So every team member knows what the process looks like. Every team member understands what success means in, in performing this particular process. And so when you implement those processes, the day-to-day -day operations is streamlined and the team starts working in more harmony than being chaotic. Hmm. So and when you... That, and that's the improving practice is really where you're starting to, to, to build some of those processes, some of those systems, and not just build the systems, but also engaging your team members so that they're doing it. Exactly. This is uh, the opportunity. The next level is how do you engage the team to be excited of taking uh, taking or going through the journey of practice transformation, right? There's going to be team members like, oh, okay, I'm not sure if I want to be part of this or those that are going to embrace it and say, yes, let's make this happen. So the first step is making sure that the doctor identifies what is the vision for the practice. What's the mission and the core values of the practice? Once those are that's identified, then we need to communicate that to the team so they can embrace it. And again, sometimes in those transformation journey, you will lose an employee or two because they do not um, see the core values or they do not align with the values as the doctor does or the other team members. And that's okay because that opens an opportunity for new team members to come in that will in, engage in what the team is trying to accomplish. So that's the, the step number one is define your vision, mission, and the core values of the practice. The next step is to make sure that every team member understands what is their role, what's their responsibilities, and how do they measure the success of the role. So knowing the KPIs that, that uh, you, the doctor, will be measuring their performance, that transparency needs to be there so team members understand what's expected of them. Only after that can you take them or, or inspire them to the next level of saying, okay, now that you know what the role is, how can we inspire you to do more, to become the leader in your area of expertise? Mm. So defining that, then the next level, you go even deeper and you say, for the, to engage the team, you start to identify what type of team members do you have on your team. Really identifying the personalities, their desires, and their inspirations and motivations is what's going to help you motivate them to do better and to help you um, succeed the practice, the practice much further than you can do on your own. So there's a lot of personality tests that, that people can take. The downside of that is once people take the personality test, the leaders or the doctors don't know what to do with that information. How do you take that information and actually apply it to your team members or to your situation so you can allow each team member to thrive depending on their personality and their wants and their inspirations? Hmm. Wow. I mean, it's so it, it really is possible, but it sounds like there's a, a little bit of work to do between moving from chaos to, to best practices. There is, but that's why we take it in, in little steps. It's yeah. not here you go. Let's figure this out. In the next two months, we're going to make this happen. We take it one little step at a time. And that's why 
we call ourselves or Converge Dental is transformational coaching company, not consulting company, but a coaching company. We take the journey with the doctor and the team. We want to make sure that what we teach and educate the team to do, they can take those tools and they can thrive without us being in the practice. Our journey is about 12 to 18 months, depending on the practice needs. And after that, we want to check in just because we created that relationship with them in a year, two or three and say, how's it going? How are you doing? What can we help you with more at this point to elevate you to level four of that maturity model? Or are you content with where you are? But our goal is to make sure that once we walk through the journey together, how can this team survive mm -hmm. and thrive without us being in it? Oh, I, I love that. And, and you know, you, you talked a bit about vision. And, and, and if we can talk a little bit about vision, I think that'd really serve everyone because, you know, creating a vision, that's something that gets tossed around all the time. And I, and I know a lot of times it's become like this nebulous term. Oh, I need to have a vision in my practice and what it looks like. <laughs> so, so what does a good, compelling vision look like? Like, how do you work with doctors to really craft what that future of their practice looks like and how do you help draw that out of them so that they actually do have a, a real document that just doesn't sit on the shelf collecting dust, but is actually a living, breathing document to help inspire the team. Of course, that's the, that is the most important part. For example, right now I'm working with a practice that is going to open up in a couple of months. And as we're just having this discovery session with doctors, He's not quite there yet in identifying what the vision for the practice is. We always say, when you're trying to get somewhere, start with end in mind. So for those doctors, even if you have, if you just open the practice, think at the point of your life when you're going to be ready to sell the practice. How would you want that practice to be? What value do you want us to sell the practice at? And then you can... Um, go backwards, right? And try to figure out how do I achieve that vision? And it's okay if that particular vision right now seems extraordinary and unachievable, but believe me, it is. And when you partner with the right people to help guide you through that journey, it is possible because all successful people have partners, meaning they have teams that support them, teams of experts that support them in their journey. So I know doctors, sometimes they, they are apprehensive in getting uh, coaching companies or partnering with coaching companies. But if you want true success and guidance, that's where it starts. Success starts with partnering with the right experts to get you there. Because let's, let's be honest, as a doctor and CEO of your company, you have so many hats to fill. That means you have so many focus areas and not so much focus to do in each area. So if you can unload that burden and have somebody guide you and be your accountability partner, then you'll be able to stay on the path and achieve the vision that you will achieve. Now let's yeah. go a little bit, uh, I'm gonna take it back a little bit to your question, how do you even start with that vision? Right. You go you start with the end in mind, but then you also think to me, not as a comparison to a practice next door, but to me, what is a successful practice look like? Does that mean that I'm going to be a single doctor in my practice and two hygienists and one receptionist? Is that the small picture? Is that what I want? 
And if that sounds good to you, then go with that vision. And you never know in so many years, you'll be like, you know what? I think I'm ready to change that vision and go even higher than that. And that's perfectly fine. But define what looks right and sounds right to you and your, with your personality. There are some dentists that love to the challenge of, you know, competition. And their, their, their idea of a successful practice is being a three, $3 million or $5 million practice, and they run for it. And that's their personality. That's okay. I would suggest don't compare yourself to others. First, identify what's right for you and what success looks like to you. I, I hope all of you were just paying attention to that because that's one of the most important things you can do is when you be comfortable with you and your goals and you start building a practice for you and your patients and not to compete with the person next door, it changes the whole equation because now it's your vision, not trying to build someone else's. So, so I am so grateful for you, Ella, and bringing that up because it's really about your personal goals. It's not about your neighbor's goals or trying to keep up with someone else. So thank you for, for reminding us of that importance of, of setting goals that matter to you. That is, that is the crucial point for sure that we always, always tell the doctor because it, we, it's, an, it's a human nature to compare ourselves. Mm -hmm. And when we are more aware of ourselves and saying, but what is right to me? What does success look like to me? And why am I doing it? Is it for personal reasons? Is it for family? What is the purpose of me even putting the effort in accomplishing mm -hmm. this? When you identify your why, it will take you so, so much further than just grinding it out every day in and out. That's when you burn out really fast and then you don't have any, any joy in what you do every day. Yeah. Yeah. That purpose and passion will, will keep you going, but you got to tie it back to a why. And so, you know, we're, we've really been talking about, you know, how you can grow your practice organically, how you can do more of the dentistry that you love, how you can become a better leader, how you can inspire your team to be a better leader. But we also want to talk a little bit about just that restorative side of dentistry, because you talk a lot about, you know, building a restorative dental partnership. And so when you say about, you know, when you talk about that restorative dental partnership, what does that mean? And what are you talking about? I love that question. <laughs> so for all the doctors that are listening or, uh, or any clinical team that's listening out there, majority of the time when you hear restorative dental partner to us in the dental field, it means a dental hygienist and the doctor working together, trying to co-diagnose treatment and present treatment and accept treatment. But in reality, when you truly look at the bigger picture of how do you create exceptional customer experience, it comes from a whole team being involved in that process. So when we talk about restorative dental partnerships, that's a team that places emphasis on creating trust-based relationships with patients, that acts as patient advocates and promote dentistry because they understand the practice vision, mission, and the core values. They're advocating for patient needs from the first point of interaction when the patient calls your office to, the, to becoming a lifelong patient and the brand ambassador for your practice. So every team member in the practice is a restorative dental partner. Because if you just imagine you and the hygienist 
are doing the, the education and you're presenting treatment, but if your systems are broken and the, uh, the front office receptionist does not do a good job with the interaction with that patient and scheduling the next step or presenting treatment plan, you just lost the patient from scheduling that treatment plan. The revenue potential is now on the negative, right? Hmm. So that's why it's important to understand restorative dental partnership. It's cultivating and inspiring the whole team to be on the same page. Wow. So it's not just the doctor and the hygienist. It really is bringing the whole team together so that everyone understands what's going on. Exactly. Exactly. I, so, so walk me through a little bit of that and, and, and walk me through maybe some practices that you've worked with and how you've helped them implement this and, and, and give me a success story that you've seen. Of course, I'm going to share with you one, one thing that with one of our practices right now, we also uh, uh, work with the marketing uh, firm that they work with because it's a collaborative uh, relationship. In order for a practice to be successful, a doctor should not just reach out to a marketing firm and say, hey, I need more marketing. Here's more money. Do the marketing. I need new patients. Well, if you are partnering with the right marketing firm, the first thing they should ask is, how are your systems and processes in, in the practice? Are mm -hmm. they, are the team, is the team trained to make sure that those new patients that will be calling, that we will generate to call you, are they able to welcome them into the practice through the phone with that beautiful smile that they have? Is that a welcoming environment through the phone that they can portray to that patient, that potential patient that's calling and then scheduling them to come in into your practice? So first step is number one, as I mentioned earlier, make sure that everybody understands what is a patient life cycle? What does that mean that in that how the patient enters through your practice? The second step is leveraging the model practice and understanding the five key touch points of a patient life cycle, right? That intake is the first step. What does that interaction of a picking up the phone and, and portraying your energy through that phone saying, good morning, thank you for calling our office. We're so excited that you called us. How can I help you, right? Through the, through the phone, the patient does not have to see you, but the tone of voice makes a huge difference. So training your team on the phone etiquette and the soft skills makes a huge difference in making sure that the patient is attracted to come to your practice and stay there, right? So, so, so really, I mean, and, and these are simple things that you can do. I mean, it can be as simple as, you know, not answering the phone from dental office to, you know, hey, welcome to, you know, our dental practice. We're looking forward to serving you today. Or, you know, if you're talking to an existing patient, it can be as simple as, you know, the doctor is really looking forward to seeing you on your next visit, right? Just simple things like that go a long way, don't they? Yeah, they, they sure do. We, I always personally say, make sure when you pick up the phone, always, always say your name, introduce yourself. Introducing yourself creates a quick connection with mm -hmm. the patient, right? They are able to respond back and say, hi, Ella. So nice. Look, I'm calling to schedule my hygiene appointment. But imagine if you, if you call a dental office and I, and I answer saying, dental office, how can I help you? There is no point of connection to the other, to the other person. They cannot say, they kind of, to be honest with you, they, they 
person on the other line is a little bit lost because they don't know how to connect without that name. So make sure when you pick up the phone, you answer with a smile and you do present your name as well. So there is a connection. For patients that call their existing patients, make sure that you, you show them through the phone or they can hear that you recognize who you're talking to right? The worst thing is when you call, you've been coming to the practice for so many years and the front office receptionist cannot identify who she's talking to. She's talking to you like you're a new person. So that welcoming and softness makes a huge difference on what patients will do as the next step. Do they come into the practice? Do they keep their appointment or do they just find somewhere else because the experience is just not there? Yeah, no, it's so true. And right at point of a personal confession, you know, a couple of years ago, I was in a practice, one was in a dental practice, it was for a medical appointment. And I was there, you know, a couple minutes early. And I waited half an hour before anyone even talked to me, right? I checked into the front desk. And after half an hour, I just got up and left. I said, if they don't even have the time, and they don't care enough about me to say, hey, I'm sorry, we're running behind. Here's what's going on. I'm like, they don't care about me. I don't want to be part of that practice. And exactly. but right. And, and we as humans, we understand, right? If they would have just come out and said, hey, we're so sorry, we're running behind, you know, I would have been like, okay, cool. They care enough to let me know. And so simple things matter and you lose business if you're not caring for the people in your waiting room and people on the phone. So such an important point to bring out. It's um, to take it back to the bigger picture of a patient life cycle, right? If you have an A team member that does a wonderful job over the phone and the receptionist, for example, let's take a receptionist. She does an amazing job. She invites the patients into the practice. They are excited to come in to see, to see the receptionist and also to get their dental work done, right? As much of fear and anxiety that patients have coming into the dental practice, that trust-based relationship is what lowers those, those anxiety points for the patients. So that as the patient transitions from the front and comes back to the clinical side, right? The either hygienist or the dental assistant brought the patient into their uh, operatory. If that particular team member does not have their A game on and does not know what the, uh, the etiquette, doesn't have the etiquette or the soft skills to communicate with the patients, then that whole experience that you're trying to create as a team is broken. There's going to be pieces where the patient says, I like this, but I really didn't like that, right? So making sure that you that as a team, everybody understands what are the five key touch points of a patient life cycle, and then how do you optimize those areas of interaction? That's what's going to help patients be your brand ambassadors for your practice, Brand ambassadors are the patients that rave about the experience. No matter where they live, out the state or in state, they will tell their family, their friends, and they will fly in just for their hygiene appointment because of the experience they have. And here's another point, if I may. Those are the patients that will pay out of pocket much more than what insurance will pay or insurance will not cover. Right. So I would not worry if you're trying to create a successful practice, I would not emphasize the importance of insurance and focusing on what insurance can contribute towards uh, the, the care for the patient, but focus on educating the patients, help them make educated decisions. And because of that, they will value that you are their, their uh, advocate 
and they will pay out of pocket with no questions asked. Yeah, I'm going to go out on a limb here, but right, you talked a lot about, you know, writing a vision that's reflective of the practice. And, and I'm going to bet you haven't had a single doctor say, you know, my vision is really to be a, an insurance driven practice and to have patients come in who always ask me about the price and they always want to pay less and they always say I'm too expensive and then they never want to get any work done. I, I'm guessing you haven't had any doctor like say that's the vision of their practice yet. A am I correct on that one? <laughs> You're 100% correct. <laughs> Although, you know, it, with a little twist to it, though, there, mm -hmm. there's some truth to what you're saying. Yes, a lot of doctors don't want that vision. But what they fall back to is, but I can't be successful because mm -hmm. there's so much insurance that I, that I have that I am contracted with. Or patients are not going to come in and see me because if I don't take their insurance, they're not going to come to my office. So it comes down to your belief. So ultimately, when you create that vision, it will help you put aside the beliefs that will not let you go forward. Mm. And insurance is one of those things that a lot of doctors think that they have to do it. They really don't. If they want to grow a practice a certain way and attract certain clients into the practice, it's possible. It's very much possible. And we've seen it by many doctors that do it. Um, but if insurance needs to be part of your practice and the growth, that's okay too. It's just the, the, the ability to choose which insurance you want to be contracted with and also educating patients beyond their insurance coverage because a lot of patients will opt out of insurance covering a certain procedure and say, I'm okay paying cash because I'm getting the best treatment here by this particular doctor. Hmm. Wow. Well said. And, and I love that you, you touched on limiting beliefs because that's what holds us back. Because a lot of times, you know, you not, you might not believe something's actually possible in your practice. And so, you know, once again, that's the role of a great coach, a great consultant. I've been part of mastermind groups for years and, and I couldn't imagine my life without those coaches it, it, helping me and guiding me and, and helping challenge my limiting beliefs because we all have them. But the problem is so often we're not aware of them until you push back against the world and you need someone to help push back against those things and help you see them. Because if we knew we had them, we'd probably push through them. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's why That's having uh, the right coaching or coaching company or firm with you, those are the, the firms or the people that will be your accountability partners that will inspire you. If you partner with the right coaching company, they are your inspiration. They're not just dumping things on you to do. They inspire you and you are, uh, you are eager to accomplish it. So there's yeah, a yeah. difference. So when you are considering getting guidance and having that expert next to you through this journey of transformation, really go through the process and identify what is their methodology? How do they help the practices? How do they approach the, the team the team and the doctor and, and the education aspect. Those are important things to think about before you engage with any uh, coaching company to say, yes, I need it. Let's make it happen. That's sometimes why you have doctors say, you know, I did that one time and it didn't go well. Well, because the research wasn't done beforehand and the, the philosophies did not align. 
Yeah. Are, are there some key questions, right? If a doctor is thinking about, you know, engaging a consultant and a coach or someone to help them with their practice and they're, you know, they're interviewing two or three people. Are there some key questions the doctor should be asking those professionals? Well, the, the important part is number one, understand the experience that the, uh, the firm had ha or has, right. And see who, what kind of practices have they helped bigger practices, smaller practices, and identify, does that match where you are? And to be honest with you, sometimes it's more about sitting um, in, across each other and having a conversation. As human beings, do you click? If you're going to ask someone to be your girlfriend or a boyfriend, do you click together to walk this journey together, right? Ultimately, any partners that you uh, come together with, may it be a marketing uh, agency or uh, an accountant or any other expert, you have to click as personalities. So make sure you connect in that particular level as well before you go in further and saying, okay, how do you approach uh, advancement or maturing of my practice? What do you need to know in order to establish, you know, the health of my practice now? And how do we go uh, from, to getting to my vision that I want to achieve in so many years. So ask those questions so they can answer what is their roadmap? What is the, what are the processes that they initiate to help you guide there? And the time frame, how fast or how slow do they do that? Do they customize certain things for, for the practice itself? Or is it cookie cut uh, approach and say, here, this worked for this practice is going to work for you too. And that's a wrong approach to take because every practice is unique and every doctor is unique. And that's why we say have a vision and understand why you're doing it. Hmm. Wow. Powerful stuff. Very, very powerful. So we've been having such an amazing conversation talking about restorative partnership, talking about inspiring your team to be better leaders. We've talked about that, the patient experience, right? From the moment they, they look you up online to the moment they're calling the, the, the front desk to make an appointment, to showing up in your office, right? We've talked about so many things here and, and all the different ways. We've talked about the, the model practice, which I think is just a, a great framework for you to assess where you are. And, and I would encourage you, I've put that down below. If you want a copy, grab a copy. If nothing more, it'll give you a place to, to look at and say, hey, is my practice in chaos or, or where am I? And so I'd encourage you to, to grab that. And, and Ella, before we sign off here, any closing thoughts or, 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 or kind of, you know, last minute things that you'd want to share with doctors who are listening and watching today? I have a topic that I would like to talk to share to the doctors, but it's going to be probably another episode. But one of the tips is, as you said in the beginning, it's super important to make sure that you doctors slow down. Hmm. Once you slow down and you implement and you create a strong foundation, you will speed up much faster than, than you can do on your own because at that time, you're going to have the whole team running with you. So slow down to speed up. We have a lot of dentists that say, but I don't have the time to do it. Our schedule is too busy to even to have meetings to train my team. Hmm. That's a chaos. Even though you are producing you are leaving so much money on the table because there's no particular systems or processes that can optimize your schedule, the team performance, and the team's skill and confidence. So really look at the practice, evaluate your whole team and how you guys practice at this point. Slow down, 
create a strong foundation, and then mm. you can fly. What a, what a great closing thought. And, I, and once again, I hope you paid attention and you really picked up on that because I, I know I heard something important. I, I, I really heard you say that if you don't have time, right, if you're saying, man, I, I just I'm so busy in my practice, I don't have time to work with my team to implement these things. That may be a clue that your practice is in chaos, huh? Exactly. Exactly. So, there's right. going to be time when you are going to be producing so much you're going to have so much profit, but at the end of the day, you're still calm and you're happy to come back the next day to do it. Hmm. And that's the difference between a successful practice that's not just profitable, but you internally are at peace and you internally are happy to be there and you feel fulfilled, not just for yourself, but for the patients and for the team. Yeah, I know. So, so important. And I talk a lot about that in Dental Wealth Nation, right? Seven steps to decrease taxes, increase impact and, and leave a lasting legacy. It really is about thriving, right? What good is it if you make all the money in the world, but you come home exhausted every night and you're not there to spend time with your family, your friends, the, the people you love? What good is that, right? We want good qualities of life. We want to build that amazing life of significance. And so I love that, that you are involved in helping doctors transform into that. That's why we have people like yourself, experts in trying to guide everybody in understanding that life is more than the work that we do, right? Work is there for us to live our life. So if you can embrace that and love what you're doing, you're going to be able to love the life that you're creating for yourself as well mm -hmm. and others around you. Wow. Well, Ella, I know I, I'm not a dentist. I'm married to one, but I'm certainly inspired <laughs> to get out there and keep doing more of the dentistry that I love doing. And the dentistry I love doing is helping dental entrepreneurs build those amazing practices. So, so love thank it. you for sharing so generously with us. How can we connect with you? How can we find you? You are certainly welcome to go to our website, um, convergedental.com. And for your listeners today, what we're going to do is I'm going to give away uh, a 30 minutes free discovery session. If you are uh, listening to this and on our website, when you click connect, just type in Tim McNally and uh, you will get your 30 minute free discovery session with us. And this is an opportunity just to answer any questions you might have. Or if you're at a point, you're like, you know, I do need somebody and I just want to see if this is the right fit. That's what we're here for. There's no obligation. There's just an opportunity to talk and see how we can guide you so you can be successful. Oh my gosh, thank you. What a generous offer. And once again, I encourage you, take advantage of that, right? You, you can never get enough advice in life. And the more people you talk to, the clearer you're going to get on that vision that's important to you. That's right. I love so, that. Hey, thank you once again. It's, I, I'm so excited, so much great stuff. And, uh, you know, I always close every episode reminding doctors, if you just listen to this and you don't actually implement it, you just wasted the last 45 minutes of your life. So, so take just one of these ideas. you got so many of them, take one of them, go back to your practice, implement it. And if you do that, you're going to build that amazing life of significance and you're going to do it quicker and with less effort than you ever thought possible until next time. We'll see you again here soon on dental wealth nation. Thank you again, Ella. Thank you so much. 
You've been listening to Dental Wealth Nation. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from the show. Join us next time as we pull back the curtain to reveal the often hidden advice and strategies used by today's most successful individuals and families and help maximize your net worth so you can take even better care of the people you love. Till next time, make sure to hit the website at dentalwealthnation.com. 